Heavenly Features is brought to you by 18 Maiden Lane Productions. Hey, uh, just at the top here, in this episode we do go into how hard it can be to come out, especially if the people you are coming out to have a bad reaction. Um, So there are lots of organisations that you can reach out to to support you uh, and also to support the people you are coming out to, for example PFLAG. Uh, However, if you don't need help like that or if you don't want to go through an organization then our dms are always open so if you do need a safe place please don't hesitate to contact us hello and welcome to heavenly features a weekly podcast where myself sophie and my friend kim hey how's it going get together to talk about films this week it was kim's turn to choose what film we watched so kim what films did we watch this week Uh, So this week I chose the 2019 documentary Circus of Books. Uh, So it was directed by Rachel Mason, who is the daughter of the owners of Circus of Books, uh, Karen and Barry Mason. Uh, So Circus of Books is Rachel's look into her family business, uh, which was a hardcore adult bookstore, uh, which was once the top selling distributor for hardcore gay porn films in America. It became sort of a safe space for like gay people and was a safe place to go during the AIDS crisis and the documentary kind of looks into that a little bit. Uh, and the documentary follows the closure of the store due to decreasing sales. Um, but it also looks into the history of the place and follows the growth of the parents, especially Karen, uh, who battled between her like two worlds, being like a very religious person who was taught and believed that being gay was against God. Uh, and the side where she made money and worked with the gay community uh, and was surrounded by the queer community. Uh, so the documentary also goes into how she reacted when one of her own sons came out as gay and how she had to battle with her own homophobia. And she went from having this awful reaction uh, when he did come out to then sort of working on herself and going through this journey and ending up joining PFLAG and becoming very invested in the organisation um so yeah that was that's my pick for this week excellent so what kind of made you choose this film um so i i love documentaries and obviously going on from last week's choice uh which was like documentary-esque um it just made me think of doing a documentary and there's there's so many documentaries that i love but i just decided to do this one because i knew it was one you hadn't seen and Mm -hmm. um Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting take because it feels very indie. It feels very uh, like just a one that that you could do yourself because it's just basically a daughter doing like following her parents' business. Although obviously it's got a bigger budget and it's, you know, professionally done. It uh, is just a family relationship. Yeah. So it's currently streaming on Netflix. Is it a Netflix film? I don't know if it's a Netflix film or if it's just streaming on Netflix uh, or if it was, like, made by... Okay, I think it might be, like, um, one of those kind of films that Netflix acquires and then yes, the that's what I think. Netflix brand on it. That's that's um, what I think it is. But I'm not but 100%. I yeah, I hadn't come across it before. Um, so when you mentioned it last week, I had absolutely no idea, really, what I was kind of getting into. Mm-hmm. But it was really interesting to see uh, how... Um, like one business can be so integral and like a lifeline for a community. Um, And it's clearly something that has great historic value, which Mm. to say that about like a hardcore gay bookshop 
or whatever is is um interesting uh that 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 it also comes down as being like you know um historic um as a safe haven um and community space for particularly kind of gay men um so it was nice to kind of learn about that history when it's not something that we often hear or talk about like we hear, hear about um stonewall mm-hmm. uh in new york but we don't really hear about that many other um buildings or spaces that um have served uh the gay or queer community for such a long time and now are considered like historic landmarks yeah absolutely and i also think it was fascinating to watch this place that was so like at like such a safe space for people and was very like open and and you could go in and buy the stuff you wanted or hang out or whatever it was was run by this like very traditional kind of couple who had like i mean karen was homophobic <laughs> like it, it's just it's a weird like seeing the two worlds collide yeah and i think it, it's because they never really expected that they would go into this line of business. I was really intrigued by um, the fact that Barry was um, a, uh, he, he'd done some kind of medical invention thing. He'd worked on- um, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Yeah, and Star Trek, the yeah. original series. Um, so he's not only had this iconic, well, not, well you know, instrumental business for the community of California and for like uh, gay men who lived there during that time but he's also contributed to some like amazing cultural moments from TV and film mm-hmm. which yeah. I was not expecting going into watching this no. um and it's quite remarkable because he's very uh, he's a very understated kind of person who doesn't really seem to talk about his accomplishments that much but he's clearly done a lot. He's, you know, probably helped save lives yep. by um, inventing medical equipment. He's been involved in um, iconic um, film and TV. And he's then, you know, run and owned a bookshop that has served a community for such a long period and for such an important period for certain parts where the internet was not available, AIDS crisis was an issue, and uh, he's served through all that time, despite getting um, charged by the feds. Yeah. Um, and he's gone through all of that, and he still seems to be an incredibly happy and understated person, I thought was a remarkable thing to kind of uncover. Yeah, I agree. It was it was definitely fascinating to watch his, his story. Um, and you would never for a second guess any of it about him like if you just met him you would not have a clue all of these things that he's done with his life no because I, I mean I know that you know time and place and all that sort of thing but there was like nothing in the bookshop that suggested his prior work in tv and film you know he didn't seem to have any kind of memorabilia or anything like that that indicated that he had been involved in those films i know in many ways it wasn't that kind of shop but at the same time like you know some kinky spock is and shit like that 
you never know. Um... <laughs> but then I think I think that they did very much separate their lives from the store. As much as yeah. at the same time they would be by people's bedsides while they were dying of AIDS. Mm. And they would be phoning up the parents of people being like, how can you not see your son? Yeah. Uh, I think they did have a very separate, like Karen even said in the documentary that she never told anyone about what she did because she was worried yeah. she'd be shunned by the community and by um, her, her like religion. And I think also it was a very different time because I, I remember when we were growing up in like the 90s and early 2000s, there was still this, for some bizarre reason, this this strong um, kind of stigma and conflation that being a gay man was paedophilic. Oh, yeah. Which the, yeah, obviously really is incorrect was. and wrong. And uh, I think that there was a concern on her part that people would judge her for what she was doing because there were these huge stigmas at the time, especially going through the AIDS crisis, when people were so openly and blatantly homophobic you don't yeah. want, and, and people were scared of that disease that they didn't know how it was contracted necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, that knowing that somebody is, you know, connected to and serves a community, people would might have been scared for to, to socialize or hang out or know her or her children, and they would have been ostracized. So you could see why there was that separation there. Oh, absolutely, and I think that she also like regardless of of whether she thought she would be shunned or anything like that her own issues with like homophobia and battling through her religious side mm. uh meant obviously she was more comfortable not sharing what she did um even if it wasn't a case of oh we like we could be shunned we like she was embarrassed by the whole thing as well and her own prejudice would have stopped her from being open about it but I think also she wasn't as um, kind of black and white as sometimes it was like led, you know, the documentary tried to lead you to believe because it explored her journalism from her early career where she used to kind of stand up and fight against things that were sometimes taboo or stigmatized. So she clearly has this streak in her where she's a little, maybe a little bit rebellious going against her more conservative and traditional beliefs where she also wants to, at the very least, stand up for somebody who is being marginalised, even if she perhaps has some beliefs that contradict yeah. her own actions at times. That's true as well, with with regards to like Barry being understated and not really talking about his past. It was the same with her. Like Her, her mm. kids didn't have a clue about what sort of articles she used to write until they they were like uncovered from this documentary like it wasn't something that was just openly discussed or there didn't seem like like if that was me if i'd written some like kick-ass articles i'd have them like up in my home like (laughs) yeah exactly and i think that um i they it seemed to suggest in the documentary that they had this separation of the business of circus of books um this gay porn bookshop they separated that from um, their family life, but it and and that was partly because of these stigmas and things like that. And I'm sure that was 100% the case. But I think there seems to be this trend actually that a lot of their work life they've always separated from their children. And in some ways, that kind of makes the morality aspect of it 
more nuanced or the or even less important um to a certain extent because they were hiding things that were not stigmatized necessarily or were great achievements and accomplishments and they still just didn't bring it up with their family necessarily they had this real distinction between work and how you make your money and what you do um perhaps more as what you do as an adult and then your role as a parent they were very separated completely throughout it's almost like their own children really didn't under, perhaps understand the complexities of who their parents were uh, through no fault of their own, but just because of this separation. Yeah, I wonder I wonder how different the film would have been if it had been made by someone other than their kid. Like, yeah. I wonder what, what viewpoint we would have gotten then. Because obviously you're going into it with your own prejudice, your own ideas, your own thoughts on the people you're surrounded by. Um, yeah. So it's very much going to be told as that narrative i found it really interesting because this idea of of separation of work and and home life because it kind of bizarrely mirrors the experiences of probably many of their patrons of the shop who separated parts of their lives yeah well i mean back then you could lose your job for being gay so exactly or like maybe they weren't out to their parents or and they had this secret life and or they were married, and yet they would visit these kind of shops yep. and do hook- hookups in the alley. Vaseline alley. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I thought they never really explored that, but there was there was so much about them where they separated things and they treated things in a particular way that I just weirdly mirrored a lot of experiences of the queer customers that they would have been you know, serving all those years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And that wasn't explored in a way that would have necessarily shown that Mm. other than than, like just thinking about it, like it wasn't ever stated or said. But yeah, you're right. It it very much living these two lives like and keeping one hidden, whether that be because you're not sure if you'll be kicked out of your home because you're gay or you're not sure if you'll be kicked out of your church because you serve gay people or because you're gay. Like it's it is it it completely mirrors the the queer experience where you do you you do live two separate lives for a yes. long time until you're out mm. um and even then you can be out partially yes like so yeah. many people aren't out at work or aren't out at church or whatever it is still yeah. to this day and yet like this is going back to like the 80s yeah and then also like you could see when like when they went to different like when when for example Karen went to the uh like expo to get sure some stock you like it, the whole experience felt so uncomfortable watching her be there and watching her do it and i don't know whether it was uncomfortable because she was on film and she was not comfortable so much with that or if it was uncomfortable because she wasn't actually that comfortable with what they were selling even though she's made so many porn films <laughs> yeah i got such a different experience because i got again this two-sided you know kind of existence there of how she was behaving because i felt like yes she was very awkward being confronted particularly with like sex toys and things like that she was obviously a little bit shocked or unwilling to kind of accept some of the things that she was surrounded by and the kinds of um expos that she goes to because of her line of business but she also kind of walked around with a a swagger and a confidence of oh yes you know who i am oh, yes, you know my business. My business is well-known and well-respected at this place. And because maybe she was unable to be 
as open to other people in her life about her business. This was a moment where she'd be like, oh, yes, everybody knows who I am and what I do. Everyone, you know, respects what I've been doing all these years. Um, not in an arrogant way, but just uh, there's this cool confidence. She was just like, oh, yeah, we'll just take these and we'll do the normal order and all of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, just throw in the, the, the little tub of um, of lube um, and just throw it in the order because <laughs> she was a, she knew what she was doing. And then being, but also she was confronted by the actual kind of intimacies of gay life yeah. that she was not willing to be as associated with or she was more awkward about. It did make me feel a bit weird at some points, though, seeing that, like, the she's so uncomfortable with all of it and yet she's willing to make money from it. It's it's a bit like the whole gay for pay thing. Um, so there was a few bits of it that did... I was a bit like, oh, so you're, you're fine, like, selling stuff to the queer community and making money and, like, making films that put your kids through college, but you're also still, like, homophobic. Yes, there is a different, yeah, a funny or interest, funny, you know, like unsettling thing about, you know, making the money to send your child to college. But if that child turns out to be gay, you have a real problem that takes you a while to get over. Yeah. Even though you've been surrounded by gay people for at least a couple of decades yeah. by that point. So that was interesting. I think she just never... I mean, these are real people. I can't say 100%, but I got the impression that because they separated life and business, like their family life and business, they just never suspected probably that there, there could be this meeting of the two worlds and the yeah. fact that their son, if their business was thriving, could very well have been a patron to that establishment or others like it because yeah. he was a gay man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I think she just never probably thought that the two things would meet, especially because her family life was more rooted with her religion than her work life was. and I But I did love the fact that we saw the journey because I think it's such an important story to be told and the fact that Karen said that it's she realised it's up to the parent to change, not the child. Yes. And I was like, that's such an important thing to show that, yeah. that it is a journey. Absolutely, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be homophobic, obviously. Yeah. But if you do have a bad reaction, you can change. And the fact that she's like, I can never take back what I said that night. But imagine being the son and seeing your mum and dad heading the like P-flag P march. Yeah, definitely. Like, that's so cool, that that journey I, that they went on. But I also thought it was interesting to showcase somebody who had perhaps issues with homosexuality kind of being part of her own personal life. Mm. But also, regardless of that, spent a considerable amount of time, particularly during the AIDS crisis, caring about this community, mm -hmm. helping that community. Yes, they were making money as well, but there seemed to be more than that. It wasn't just take their money and fuck off sort yes. of situation. There was more there. It's almost like they were family to a lot of people. And the people that seemed to work there or that they took in, they took on, you know, took on almost like surrogate children to a certain extent yeah it's it's such a weird it's, it's so nuanced it, and but that's one thing i find that a lot of the time you don't get that nuance on screen because mm. because it's obviously a character you're creating as opposed to these are real people and you're watching their their real journey yeah and of course it's nuanced because people are nuanced 
Like, it's just such a it's such a fascinating take. Like being able to see someone like battling with their own beliefs and their own like separation of their lives Mm. and then when it comes crashing down around them in the sense that it's now not just gay stuff at work straight stuff at home yes they like the struggle that they have which then must have been so weird for karen going into work after her son came out and she had a terrible reaction then the next day going and selling gay porn to people it's an interesting experience and probably one that is quite unique to somebody in her position but then you've also got the 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 fact that yes there are parts of it that are unique but there's also so many parts that are so true to life and like universal if if someone comes out and someone has a hard time with it um it's going to be a battle from both sides and you're going to have to like all work through it together and it showed that yeah, because she was really interesting in the sense that she obviously had this. Uh, she was in in her business. She was okay with uh, selling things to gay people, being a part of their lives, hiring people who were gay, making porn films that were gay, or financing them at the very least. You know, she was okay with all of this, but wasn't perhaps initially quite so keen in her own personal life. But how that mirrors a lot of experiences probably across America, across the world, of people who theoretically maybe say that they're okay with people being gay. Oh, I don't mind gay people. That's fine. That's not a problem with me. Um, But then when it actually comes into their own house, when it is one of their own children or a relative or a friend, they find that harder to process or there is an element of homophobia that they didn't maybe believe they even had. Oh, in theory, it's fine. But I don't want to yeah. see it. I don't want to, you know. Yeah, or even just saying, like, I'm fine with it. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But then when it's somebody who you know and love, you might react differently. And I think a lot of people might say, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. And then when it comes home, don't yeah. respond how... Maybe even they thought they would respond, let alone how the other person who maybe has just come out to them might hope they would respond yeah, I yeah, I think that's a, a like a pretty universal thing of that like not ever knowing when you do come out to someone you never know how they're going to react. Cuz no, even if just you just they say that they're going to be okay with it. Sometimes people still turn around and say yeah, but not in my backyard. Yeah, or you like know? uh they're fine with it as long as you act a certain way around them. Which yeah. means they're not actually fine with it. Like, oh, I have no problem, you're gay, as long as we can never talk about it. You can't ever sleep in my house anymore. Or And don't you, bring your boyfriend like... over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, as long as as long as nothing changes for me and we can go on pretending you didn't come out, then I'm fine. Yeah. We'll just uh, say you're in the city and we won't talk about the fact that you've been living with your partner for the last three years and have a child. We'll just yes. say you're living in the city. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh Oh, his roommate. Like exactly, yeah. 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 His roommate who has a child, um, that that calls you daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but they, Jeez. I mean, Karen even said at one point in the in the documentary, she was like, "Oh, I, I picture when we when we were distributing these like videos all across America." Uh, she said, "Oh, I picture like some little 
I'm going to obviously not say this word for word, but some like little gay boy getting obviously hopefully 18 plus, you know, so getting the stuff and realizing he's not the only one in the world. Yeah. And it's like, so she says all this stuff that you're like, yes, that's absolutely like representation matters that I'm going to make sure I say that every single episode. Um, yes. But, <laughs> but so yes, seeing yourself on screen, whatever sort of screen it is, is important and realizing you're not alone is important and she's getting that but at the same time isn't comfortable with gay people yeah but i think that by the time that she was saying some of those things it was part of the documentary she'd already processed a lot of stuff with her own son by then so she probably already had kind of changed her tune a little bit i would imagine or being able to find a place where she was comfortable Mm. with these different parts of her life maybe she segmented her life even more and now religion is separate from home life as well as being separate from work (laughs) i don't know because i mean this is a real person i can't know how how she responded and you know but you know people find a way to cope because a lot of people you know obviously their faith is really important to them and it's in many ways i don't think it's somebody's fault if they have grown up being told certain things in very usually harrowing and kind of judgmental ways for them to take on those beliefs. And if they're never challenged by, uh, you know, those beliefs are never challenged particularly, then it's easy for those beliefs to continue to exist. I don't actually think that's the individual's fault necessarily at that point, as long as they're not mistreating others. I think it's, it's a complicated issue because they have been almost brainwashed. I, I mean, I, I hesitate to say brainwashed in words because, you know, faith is really important for so many people, but they have been at the very least taught something so concretely that it's really hard to change your way of thinking about that when it's all you've ever known. It's why and it's I so have dangerous. A lot of sympathy. I have a lot of sympathy for people who go through that and I have a lot of admiration for people who change regardless of the fact that that was the way they were brought up. They changed their belief system or their way of treating people or their way of trying to understand other people in their community because that takes, I think, a lot of work to unpack things that had, are so deeply rooted in you. And so whilst there was a lot in this documentary obviously confronting the fact that her faith had led her maybe to believe certain things. I had a lot of sympathy for her because I think that she, when ne- when she felt she needed to, really did confront a lot of those beliefs. Now, I don't know, because I've, she's a real person, I've never met her, whether she holds on to certain beliefs and not others and what has happened with her faith. But I do think that's an important thing. Like Often it's very black and white. It's just like, well, if you believe that, then you're a piece of shit. And it's like, well, I think it depends on whether they continue to believe it once they realise that, you know, once they meet people or that are queer, people who are in their lives who are queer, perhaps. I think it can be really... If, if people then make steps to try and change, whether how big or small those steps are, I think that's a really strong thing to do. It's so rooted in who you probably are. Yeah, and- we, I mean, think about it. Think about it. We have such strong beliefs as a society about what it means to be conditioned female or male or anything like that, and issues with gender identity that are conversations that are always being had because 
there is a very binary system as part of our culture, particularly in the West. So we have this, and we all, even now, the best of us are still trying to unpick things that are so deep-rooted in us because we want to be better people and we want to embrace people more, you know? And we're trying to unlearn things that have been deeply entrenched in who we are. And I don't think it's different when it's a religion who has treated, you know, taught somebody that being gay, for example, is wrong for somebody to really have to, maybe every single day, confront those entrenched beliefs that they have, you know, been made to believe because of their faith and to try every day to overcome them and to want to embrace people who they've for potentially decades been told were sinful or whatever. Yeah, and you've got on top of on top of all of that having to unpack all of that, which is like I mean, religion it's it's a complicated discussion, especially mm as I am not and have never been religious, but I have plenty of people in my life who are, and I've spent lots of time talking to them about it. And it, it's so much to unpack and it's so much to, like if you've been brought up in a place where you're told that if you're gay, you're going to hell, and then your kid comes out as gay, you, you, you've got that fear immediately of they're going to hell. And you're told then as well, oh, well, we can fix them because we can send them to, like, conversion therapy. Mm, Essentially, yeah. And there's all of these, like, layers to... You you might genuinely believe you're doing the right thing for your kid because your kid's fallen off the correct path or whatever, which is just... It's such a... It's such a horrible thing. It's, It's awful. But the fact that she genuinely realized that the issue is her and she didn't yeah as far as i know from the documentary she didn't lose her faith she didn't like get rid of that aspect i feel like she kind of reorganized the bookshelves not literally obviously but you know like in her mind certain beliefs i think just got reorganized or reevaluated. she didn't lose her faith she just moved things around a bit to make it so that she could be the best parent for her child and maybe evolve some of her beliefs about homosexuality. But I think that she just moved things around in terms of what was the most important aspects maybe of her faith and what things that she was going to kind of take as important things to guide her in her life, perhaps. Um, that has changed now that she does not necessarily believe or um, does not as strongly believe the idea of, of a gay person going to hell. And I think that there are so many options when it comes to religion. And I don't mean that as in different religions. I mean, whatever religion you are, you can find a place that is welcoming, as far as I know, to be like... So there's Christianity, for example. A lot of like churches preach that being gay is wrong, but a lot don't. A lot now have queer people leading the church yes so you can find your space where you can still practice your religion and learn more about the nuances in your religion yes and not be homophobic yeah not have those messages being um kind of enforced (laughs) yeah absolutely Um, 
So one thing, because I mean, we have talked about religion. Let's not talk about politics. The two things that you're not meant to talk about. Um, <laughs> uh, I hope we haven't offended anyone talking about faith. It's a complex. It's a complex thing to talk about. And I'm sure we've offended someone. Um, but... but I think it's very important to state that neither of us are anti-religion i did a whole degree on like religion and i love the kind of anthropology aspect of religion and how it helps people like to learn who they are how they're guided by faith and how it's impacted our society and the history of our world i find that fascinating i'm just not personally religious myself but i'm very respectful of those who are yeah so yeah there's no there's no i have a lot of empathy for people who have to deal with situations like Karen did where she has yeah. her faith is turned on, a, on its head to a certain extent because of what happens in her life because I think like that probably for her was kind of traumatic as well as it was for her son to probably hear what was said to him probably by her I don't know what she said but she implied that she said things she wished she could have taken back but I imagine for her the she probably thought the worst thing had happened one of the worst things had happened regarding well, she even said at family. one point that she felt like she was being punished by God for running the gay bookstore. Mm. Uh, that that's exactly. why he'd made one of her sons gay. Yeah. And imagine, imagine that you genuinely believe being gay is wrong. You genuinely believe it's against God or it's against your religion. And your son comes out as gay, and you immediately blame yourself because of your career path. Like that's such a tough thing to go through. Like I don't necessarily agree with what it is like that she she had a hard time like when he came out and was mean about it or whatever but it would be really hard to battle with these internal messages that you've always you've been given these messages for so long and then you have to confront them and you blame yourself immediately like she she said she was being punished by god yeah like that would be awful so i i I do have sympathy for her there yeah i have a lot of empathy for her I don't know, but I was really surprised um, at, well, one in particular, but uh, when talking to so many of the other employees, um, the kind of cast of characters that they'd had uh, working at the shop, in particular, obviously, like, probably the most famous would have been um, Alaska Thunderfuck. Yes. Uh, obviously. Absolutely. From... Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, many seasons. Also, I believe the name of one of our friends' fish. Um, yes, that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, there we go. Um, obviously, an inspiration. Um, but I was, yeah, surprised to see them turn up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was. It was nice to see, like, a queer icon mm. working in a queer iconic shop, like. It's, yeah. It, it just is. Yeah. It was. It was very nice. I I enjoyed that aspect of it for sure. Um, also like one of the most queer, like obviously queer people, and working in the shop like with them, I would like to have seen how Karen reacted. Well, because when I think she first met them, what is quite interesting because obviously they're in a quite gay area of California. Mm. Is it Los Angeles? I'm assuming. Um. But they, um, I think that Karen and Barry would have probably, from the outside, given this very quote-unquote normal kind of facade Mm. of the kind of business that they had. Yeah. 
but then they had so much more character in the other people that they hired. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I think it was... it was just, it was interesting to see, like, obviously, some of the other people. I liked the filmmaker's childhood friend. He seemed lovely. I did love that they had, uh, they did show the childhood friends of, of Rachel, where it was like this, like, group of outcasts, this group of weird, like, arty people which obviously included like a lot of queer people uh it, that felt very like normal to me i was like oh yeah you know the outcasts all find each other whether it be through queerness or through art or through whatever it is because yeah. that was very much like us yeah yeah we certainly managed to get most of the people in our year group who identified somewhere under this umbrella um and way before we, you know, people came out to each other. Yeah, I was like the token queer. For a long time, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you couldn't get away with it. Oh, no, I could not hide it. <laughs> you could not hide it. That desk was definitely full of a lot of women. I mean, pictures, not actual women. Um, yeah, that would, that would be a bit creepy, just storing women like in my Mary desk. It Pop- <laughs> wasn't like a Mary Poppins bag situation where you just like endless in there. Um no, there was lots of pictures of Angelina and Jolie, and um, I think there's some girls from the poster of Blue Crush. And... Oh, yes, there was. Yes, there yeah. was. <laughs> it, it was harder to hide. Um, but I thought it was really funny because, not that I think that he was this kind of character, but the son, I can't remember all of her names, I'm afraid, but the son who obviously came out as being gay, mm. um, how he was nervous, obviously, to come out, just like any other child would be to their parents. And, you know, there was this whole thing about not knowing what their parents' business was. But I was like, imagine, imagine being a gay man living in Los Angeles, walking to a gay bar with the swagger, knowing that your parents ran this iconic gay shop. But also, I'm very glad that they... <laughs> were told what the bookstore was and knew what the bookstore was before he came out. Because imagine if he's exploring his sexuality and it's like, oh, there's like a queer <gasps> oh, hardcore porn in. and he walked in and like he was like, hey, mom, I'm just here to buy some porn. Like, just thought I'd like, come and help. <laughs> like, if he hadn't have known that that was their shop. Like, so yeah. it's good that they did actually take them in there and like by that point they all knew what well, it was. What's- was it him or one of the other brothers, I can't remember, who said that one of the films got left on the back seat of the car and they waited for like a month until everyone was out of the house to be able to try and watch it. And they couldn't. And they couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, it would be really shocking, actually, to know that that your parents ran that kind of business. Because although, obviously, there was this stigma around it being like a gay shop there's probably a stigma also just around it being a sex shop yeah absolutely um especially back then like i think it's things are a lot more sex positive in a mainstream way now but it's still to this day the first thing people say if you talk about anything about their parents is they're like oh i don't want to picture anything to do with sex around them or like it's so uncomfortable watching this tv show that has simulated sex yeah like with my parents and then, but their parents were literally making hardcore gay porn. 
Like, I know they weren't in it, and I know they weren't running it, but they were... <laughs> I don't think that, you know, those two in that would have really served I don't think the that's... audience they were going for. No, no, probably not. Um, um... But, like, their back catalogue, like, they when they looked through the, the movies and Rachel was like, oh, so you made all of these? And the mum was like, yeah, this is what put you through college. Like, it's awesome, but it's also, like, imagine your parents, like being that involved especially if you then come out as queer like i would i would not really want that with my parents like i wouldn't want to like come out to them as a lesbian when i went like which is what i came out as originally um and then they're making like lesbian porn (laughs) i would be like oh i don't want this like to collide yeah i think when particularly when you're young and impressionable you don't want those parts of your life to ever interact no exactly that's what i mean like as as like a teenager when you're like wrestling or like i think he was in his early 20s because he was at college yeah but like when you're that young and everything's like so up in the air and your hormones are all over the place and then you're like oh i have to tell them i'm gay and what they think of when they think of gay is either against god or hardcore Hardcore gay porn (laughs) Like, yeah. I think it would just add so many extra layers. Yeah. Yeah, I could see why that might have been an issue for Karen um, initially, if those were her two perceptions, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they were only her only two perceptions. I'm, very, I'm simplifying it a lot, and I'm sure she's a, a more complex human being than what I'm allowing in that statement. But, yeah, it's a... It would be... a difficult situation and I'm glad I didn't have to be in yeah me too (laughs) (laughs) but also like your parents running like an iconic queer business would also be be really cool it would be 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 so cool cool. but I can't imagine either of our parents doing that no 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 yeah so I was definitely glad to have watched this because it was not something that I was was, was aware of at all. Um, it hadn't like come up as a, you know one of the advertisements on Netflix for me for some reason. Um, oh, so you're, you're clearly not queer enough. <laughs> I just hadn't I just hadn't watched it. Um, but I'm definitely glad I have. It was it was really interesting to, as we were talking about, explore something that had been such a landmark in that area of the world, um, and served. A community at really at a time of need not just during the AIDS crisis but for other decades as well yeah absolutely and and I think also the the fact that it goes into details not not hugely like I would love to see a documentary based more around like the black cat bar raid and things like that because everyone knows about Stonewall or like yes. most people know about Stonewall but black cat bar raid so many less people know about it and it was yeah. pre-Stonewall um Sure. So I think it would be, I think it would be really like, and I lo- I liked that that came up in there and it was bit, explored it? a little bit. Um, yeah. And I think also they had things like um, in, in there when they show they showed about P flag, which a lot of people don't know about still. Um, See, I know about it mainly because of the US version of Queer's Folk. Yeah. Because uh, Debbie is a very very proud member of P flag. Oh, and also obviously, but I'm a cheerleader. At oh, the end, sure. They... <laughs> yeah, it kind of they had the same journey, didn't they? Yeah, 
as but I'm a cheerleader. Yeah, uh, absolutely. One of the early episodes for that. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> great, uh, great film. Um, yeah, but yeah, they also have the journey of kind of uh, not feeling great about their child being gay and then turning it around um, by the end and joining P Flag. The mum in that was slightly less okay because she was still trying to hide her face. So she was, you know, early on in the P Flag journey. Well, I think. She... <laughs> I mean, both both of them had more accepting fathers than mothers. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, initially, at least. But um, yeah, interesting. The yeah. tea is all it's all connected together. One of so. my one of my favorite quotes from this uh, documentary was. Uh, it was. They said, "Oh, no one has ever given us anything we haven't had to fight for." And I think it's such an important thing to remember that still to this day, as a queer community, we are fighting for our rights to be equal. Um, and then when they you go and have things like in the UK with the protest laws now, they're like they keep sneaking in things where it's like harder and harder to have a protest and yet pride started as a riot and then a protest the black cat raids stonewall all of these things are protests and that's how we've gotten the rights we have so far yeah and i think but now, that... now pride is only really allowed as a tourist attraction yes exactly <laughs> yes oh i like that pride god... is a tourist attraction <laughs> yeah god forbid you actually protest because if you do we're gonna actually quibble gonna... about whether or not it's legal or not um yeah <laughs> because we're yeah. making it harder to have peaceful protests yeah which is yes. just it's so depressing, depressing. Yep. yeah <laughs> yeah shared sentiment there um yeah so that was that was a good watch good recommendation kim yeah i'm glad i'm glad you enjoyed it uh it's I mean, you know, I'm a huge fan of documentaries anyway. And if there's a queer documentary, I'm all in. So, uh, and this I, I'm... one wasn't too depressing. No, you're right. Actually, it was. It was like quite a light documentary. It was a light documentary that touched on some heavier issues. Yes, exactly. Um, but I would have, I would have, I definitely would love to see a documentary about Circus of Books made from someone outside the family not saying anything against rachel mason's version here because i i thoroughly enjoyed it and i think that she did a great job i just want to see another side to it and i think just just yeah. purely from my own curiosity not because yeah. this wasn't a good documentary just because i want more <laughs> yeah that's fair enough that's fair enough um okay so yeah that was that was circus of books uh do highly recommend that anyone who hasn't seen it yet watches it, even though we've spoiled a lot of it there. Uh, but it is available on Netflix. Um, and obviously, the more queer stuff we watch on streaming sites, the more queer stuff we will get. So, you know, stream away, folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, that was my choice. So, Soph, you get to choose our film for next week. So what is your pick? I sure do get to choose. And this is a film I've been meaning to give a good old rewatch for a while. And I think you'll like it because I know we've both definitely seen it, but I certainly haven't seen it for many, many years. Oh, I'm intrigued. And that is <laughs> Ghost World. <gasps> Fuck yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I cannot yes. wait. I haven't seen this in so long. I love I this film. Same. I the was, soundtrack I... is alone is incredible. 
yeah, I was so obsessed with like Thora Birch's looks and attitude in this film, so I'm very keen to revisit. I was obsessed with Thora Birch since she was in Hocus Pocus. Yes, I know, but like this in particular was like my jam. Yeah, absolutely. And also Scarlett Johansson's in it, which is great. The yeah, the graphic novel is incredible. It's on my I'm literally yeah. looking at it right now. It's on my bookshelf. I might try and give that a little re reread. Oh. Um, before the episode as well, because then I can be really obnoxious and pretentious and say, well, I recently reread the graphic novel and... <laughs> Wait, you being obnoxious and pretentious? That never happens. I mean, no, it never <laughs> does, does it? Never. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I'm so glad you chose this. I think it'll be like a little shift in tone from some of the previous films we've watched recently, but one I haven't seen for a while and a bit. I certainly I remember there being lots of interesting conversations from that film. Lots of interesting conversations. The the shots alone in some of it, like there's just some great imagery. Yeah. Like I and I I haven't seen it in years, and I remember so much of it. Yeah. Uh, I so... I can't I cannot wait to revisit this. So I'm so glad you chose this. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm gonna literally hang up uh, and start reading the graphic novel again. <laughs> yeah. Exactly uh that's your homework <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so good and yeah anyone who hasn't read the graphic novel highly recommend it's it's so well yeah. done well i've got uh literally i've got the graphic novel the film uh I, bearing in mind i haven't watched this in many years and then i've got a mini enid doll and i've got the full-size enid doll as well <laughs> fuck off i've never seen those yeah okay dude what how have i never seen those because I don't know, to be honest. I don't know. I'll show I'll show them to you. But yes. um, to say that I was definitely a little obsessed at one point um, might be an understatement. So I'm, I'm really keen to revisit this one. We would love to know your opinions about the film that we've watched this week, Circus of Books, but also um, your opinions on Ghost World, which is our forthcoming um, choice. Uh, you can email us at heavenlyfeaturespod at gmail.com absolutely uh or follow us along on instagram at heavenly features pod uh and you can dm us on there or comment on any other posts brilliant yeah we would love to kind of get a bit more kind of community interaction um going on there so of course comments on those films and also any recommendations of films that you would like us yeah of, to of maybe any genre like any genre at all because we clearly have eclectic taste and I... but also i feel like i know i certainly have a type of film or t certain types of film that I enjoy. So anything that puts me outside of my comfort zone could be really interesting. Oh, I'm definitely going to choose a horror film then. That will take you out oh, of your fuck comfort you. zone. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, we're waffling. We will see you next week. Absolutely. Have a good one, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe. And you can follow us on Instagram at Heavenly Features Pod. You can also email us at heavenlyfeaturespod at gmail.com. And you can also find us at 18maidenlane.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by 18 Maiden Lane Productions.